Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I'm Ryan Rhodes. Thank you so much for tuning in today. On today's episode, how Holy Spirit methodically created a marriage, Jesus appearing as an answer to a seven-year-old's prayer, but how do we stay hungry while our responsibilities grow? Milka is a kingdom-focused wife, mother of two, entrepreneur, friend of Holy Spirit, and co-leader of the fire movement the last eight years. After growing up in Mexico until the age of seven and traveling with her family planting churches, she moved to the United States, and her family led a church. Her story is one of being overwhelmed by the tenderness of Holy Spirit and having that relationship define every other part of her life. I think you're really going to love this episode. Uh, I might be a little bit biased because she is my wife, uh, but I I was overwhelmed uh, in this one. You know, uh, Vince and I both, um, I think we both agreed that this episode was the weightiest we felt God be in the room uh, during any any interview so far. Um, I think you'll 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 experience that. I hope it comes through the recording, uh, and that you experience it right where you're at. That the weighty piece of heaven comes upon you, and you encounter the person of Holy Spirit just listening to this. But I think what's unique about my my wife, and one thing that I really appreciate about her is there's a side of her that not a lot of people get to see. A lot of people from the outside they see a mother. They see a wife. They see how good she is with with our, our kids, with Sophia and Aiden, um, and they they kind of you know see they they lock her into that view, um, which is pretty common. Most women, uh, most Christian women get women in general, but Christian women especially get kind of pigeonholed into oh you're just a wife and a mother. She's so much more than that. I've never met anybody so passionate about Holy Spirit. When she's going through a hard time, she'll lock herself in a room and cry out to God for hours. She'll do that day after day until she gets the breakthrough that she's looking for. Um, And she just has such a love for the person of Holy Spirit and, and, and pleasing him in everything she does. I, that will come across in the podcast. I'm sure that will stir up more hunger in you. Uh, Also, please share this with your friends. Uh, share this podcast, tell people about it, send them the links, uh, post it on social media. This is growing. Uh, we had, uh, even in this time of having a, a slight sabbatical off, uh, we had a new nation added. Um, I forget the total number now, but I think we are uh, in the 20s, I believe, of nations listening, which is pretty incredible. Uh, I might be wrong about that number. It's at least in the teens, um, but I think it's in the 20s. That's incredible. You guys are doing uh, such a great job about sharing. So please continue to do that. And also thank you everyone who is supporting us. If this if this ministry or this podcast has impacted you in any way, please consider sowing either one time or monthly. You can go to firemovement.com slash support. There you can choose to, to monthly or one time. And uh, last thing, please rate us on any podcast app you're using, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or whatever, whatever you might be using. That helps us come up higher. If you follow, subscribe, and you actually leave a review about the podcast, it'll raise up, raise us up in the search results so people will find us easier. Um, so most people don't know that. It does not go by the actual name of the podcast. You can type in the, the accurate name and still not find it at the top of the results. Uh, because it is looking for the most listened to, the most reviewed, and the most subscribed podcasts. So please help us accomplish that.
And now for a quick sponsor segment, and then we'll jump into our interview with my wife, Milka Rhodes. Religion loves Jesus the teacher, is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. But you got to go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth, he's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's, there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you and standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll, if you'll align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. Well, I'm here today with my co-host, Vince Canagarage. I'm Vince. <laughs> I'm really... <laughs> what a great way I, to I'm it. actually really excited about this one. It's, it's going to be good. And my beautiful and lovely wife, Milka Rhodes. Hola. <laughs> the whole interview is in Spanish. Can you do the peace, peace sign too? <laughs> That's wrong culture. That's oh, <laughs> true. <laughs> Starting this one off great. Um, Hope you guys well, are laughing in your cars. Hopefully, yeah. So we're we're actually uh, Vince and I are both super excited about this one, and I'm I'm happy to have Vince here because it can be a little bit um, weird interviewing your own wife. So it'd be good to have somebody uh, external to ask some questions and things because I know I know some things that I want to bring up. Also, you guys submitted uh, some questions. We're going to get to some of them. Some of them we will not. I'm sorry. Yes. It's just going to be if they fit into the flow. Um, yeah. There's some of these that I don't want to read right now, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, I won't read any right now. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so uh, with most guests, we kind of uh, share a little bit. I, I like to share a little bit of how I actually know them. Um, so this one's uh, a little more intimate as we are married we sleep in the same bed uh how did we meet well uh we have a very typical millennial story we met through (laughs) the basic story is we met through twitter (laughs) that's as basic as you can get not tiktok (laughs) thanks jack dorsey (laughs) the god story um is that we met through um, the call, the call for those of you who don't know, Lou Engel um, puts on these huge events that gather thousands of people in stadiums. And basically, we met at the call 2011 um, in Detroit, Michigan, on November 11th, 2011. So 11, 11, 11. Well, we didn't meet there. We met because of that. Yes. We, were, we were at the same event. 
and Lou has told us that that's the only good thing that had, that came out of that call because <laughs> that one was really rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a little rough. Um, but we were both tweeting about it, and basically Ryan found my Twitter through the hashtag the call and started following me. And when <laughs> when you don't have a lot of Twitter followers, <laughs> you notice when someone starts following you. Um, <laughs> And at that point, I lived in Michigan, Ryan lived in Ohio, and... Columbus, uh, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Whatever. Go Bucks. (laughs) And so... (laughs) And you're off the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Even I'm not for blue, okay? Well, that's because you married an Ohio State guy, man. (laughs) No, before that, I did not even care for them, but whatever. All right, all right. She was Um, a Michigan State. Yes, Michigan State. So anyway, um, yeah, so he started following me, and um, at that point in my life, I was just really hungry for God, and I didn't really have many friends around me that were hungry and following the same thing. A lot of my friends were kind of just comfortable, and when I saw his Twitter account, because, you know, I see he's following me, I go and check it out, I'm like, who's this guy? And I saw all these tweets where he's just like, um, yeah, we just prayed for this lady and her back got healed. We prayed for this guy and his foot got healed. And just talking about all this stuff that he's doing at Ohio State on campus. Mm. And I was really blown away by that because I didn't really know people like that. And I was looking for friends that did that kind of stuff. Like that's the kind of stuff my heart was burning for. Um, and then I saw that he tweeted that he had just turned 21. And, um, and I was like, oh, he's a kid. Because you know, at that point, I was 23, and I was going to turn 24. So I was like, eh. Um, cougar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, my that's, gosh. A, that's a cougar sound for those who That wasn't know. me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But I wasn't even interested in him anyway mm-hmm. because – he was a white boy and I wanted to marry a Mexican. So for me, there was just no interest there. Um, Coincidentally, I wanted to marry a Mexican too. So, (laughs) (laughs) wow. Okay. Um, so I just kind of, you know, I read his tweets and I felt just very inspired and just, you know, kind of like motivated. And then I moved on. Hmm. Um, and a few days later I was praying and God, asked me you know he's like do you remember the guy from twitter and i was like yeah and he gave me a word for ryan and he said send this to him because he really needs it right now Hmm. and i didn't really know much about the prophetic or anything i just knew that god would tell me stuff sometimes about people and i would just share with them so i tweeted him and he replied back and he was like thank you so much i really needed that um and he's like do you have facebook and I was like, no, but I did have Facebook. I said no because he was a stranger who I didn't know in person. <laughs> Wait, Ryan, Ryan, were you trying to were you trying to get her digits and stuff here at that point? Uh, no, I don't even remember following her. Okay, uh, mm. you know, and then we ended up talking and stuff. And I did well. It wasn't that I was trying to get her digits. I did feel like I was supposed to talk to her. Okay. And I thought she was pretty, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't that. Yeah, yet. Okay. Yet. <laughs> so 
you know, he t- he asks me if I have Facebook. I say no. And um, I tweet him back no. And then he tweets me back and he's like, oh, I think I found you. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? And sure enough, I went to my Facebook and there was his friend request pending. <laughs> um, I did not accept it. I immediately thought he was a creep because I'm like, <laughs> I just told this guy I don't have Facebook. And yeah. he went and looked for me anyway, finds me, and friend requests me. Um, so I left his his request pending and he messaged me a few days later on Facebook. And he was like, hey, I know you get this a lot. He's like, I know you probably get this a lot because you're beautiful, but I really think that there's a kingdom connection here and I would like to talk to you about um fashion because i see that you have youtube videos on fashion Mm -hmm. so you know he had done his research obviously Mm -hmm. and so now he's like trying to connect to me okay you were post (laughs) you posted your stuff on twitter so it wasn't like i like tracked down everything you were doing anywhere (laughs) anyway and so he was like i think this is a kingdom connection wait so so, wait can i pause here yeah that kingdom connection piece was that was this now where you were trying to get like, hey, let's let's get connected here. No, I legitimately wanted to talk to her. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go uh-huh. on, Mocha. Anyway, so <laughs> so he says that, and then he's like, "Would you be interested in skyping?" And I was like, "Whoa!" And then he put his phone number at the end of the message, and I'm like, "Man, like." He is brave, you know? <laughs> and so I I didn't reply back. I just kind of left it there. And I remember it was around Thanksgiving because I was in Bible school and we went to go feed the homeless. And I was um, there, and I just I kept thinking about the message, and I kept thinking about about the kingdom part because of the fact that at that time in my life I was very much into fashion and I was trying to figure out life and what I was going to do once I was done with college. And so he had mentioned a couple of things in the message that I was like, oh, this this could be an answer to my prayer. Um, And so I messaged him back and I was like, hey, if this is about kingdom, I'm interested. Let's talk. And so we ended up Skyping and we Skyped for four hours. Hmm. That was five hours. No, it was four. Hmm. Um, But we felt like longer. Oh my gosh, just stop. <laughs> uh, but we Skyped for four hours and it was um, all about God. Like it was really, really powerful. And he actually activated me in the prophetic. Mm. Um, and that was a really beautiful moment for me because I hadn't really heard about the prophetic. And he um, just kind of asked me if I knew anything and I said no and so he's like I'd like to activate you and basically he just like prayed over me and told me to ask God for a few things about him and so I did and God gave me a list of four different things and I named them off to him and he had like tears in his eyes and he's like that's so crazy because last night I was praying and like I gave God those four questions and you answered all of them. Wow. And I was like really blown away because I had never done anything like that before. And so that to me was like, wow, we can do stuff like this. Like this is yeah. really powerful. Yeah. Um, and it, it just made me feel more deeply connected to God, which was something that I was really seeking for during that time. 
um, where I felt really alone and like I was the only person that was really hungering for something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, did you like, did you follow anybody else that like was doing stuff like that? Or was it like, you know, you're looking at Ryan's page and you're like, whoa, this is the, the first time that I'm actually seeing this. Um, I mean, I knew of different people here and there. I can't really think of specific Brian people. Williams was one of them. I yeah. mean, not necessarily yeah, healing, yeah. but like he was doing, he was just fiery and yeah, Brian Williams, which is so crazy because I ran into his account randomly. And Brian Williams is a pastor in Columbus, Ohio, mm. um, who's a little bit older than me. And he, yeah, he was just doing a lot of stuff on just all over the city and stuff like that. And I don't even know how I ran into his account, but I was really like motivated and just, you know, mm. fired up by his account. Yeah. And it was crazy because when I found out that they were connected, I was like, this is so weird. Yeah, what a small wow. world. Um, wow. But yeah, besides him, I can't really think of specific people um, where, you know, where the prophetic was something that they really pushed along. But I will say I had just found out about the uh, Seven Mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right before I met him. So okay. I, I had just learned of them. Um, because a friend of mine gave me a video of, of um, Lance Walno teaching about the Seven Mountains, and that really unlocked me. And mm. that's why I was in such a, like, yeah, I was in this kind of, like, fork-in-the-road type place in my life where I was like, what, what am I going to do? Because that video unlocked me to believe for greater and bigger things mm-hmm. um, and believe that I could do fashion and I could be involved Um with the Lord that I didn't have to just choose God in the church or fashion in the world that they didn't have to be separate. So anyway, he, Ryan came into my life during a moment where it brought a lot of clarity to things that were happening around me. Yeah. So then we became friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And well, so no, it's November, then December 10th. Is it the 10th? Yes, December 10th. December 10th, we both heard God separately say that we're going to marry each other. Mm-hmm. Um, On for... December 10th, were you guys like intentionally praying or anything like that? Or was it just... No. No. Mm-mm. I think at this point, we were starting to like each other. Okay. Um, I remember I was at my parents' house. I was like carrying my bags in. I was going to go stay there for a couple days. And um, I remember God speaking to me as I was getting the bags out really clearly. And he said... Um, you're going to marry her, but don't pursue her yet. Oh, wow. Like she's, she's your wife, but don't pursue her yet. Yeah. And, I, and we both wrote it down. Like, I'm horrible at journaling. Uh, but I wrote down those questions that she answered the night before. And I wrote yeah. down that yeah. God spoke that to me. Mm-hmm. And then she had written it down, too. And we realized it was the same date. That's uh, so crazy. That's yeah, cool. God spoke to both of us. And then fast forward a little bit. She came to Columbus this will like jump us through the story a little bit, but yeah. she she came to Columbus, and we were supposed to go on a date, um, meaning we had planned a date, um, but God spoke to me like an hour before the date and was like, "It's one of the few times that like there's a very distinct difference between the the parts of the Trinity." And it was Father God speaking to me, and it was very um, authoritative, <laughs> and He just was like, "Did you ask me if you could take my daughter on a date?" 
and I remember uh, it just like it shook me to my core and I said no sir <laughs> like, <laughs> I never call God sir but I was like no sir and uh, he's like he said um, it's not time yet wow and and so I ended up canceling it um, canceling the date and then we had, it was really good um, like yeah. we had a worship night or something that night we gathered a bunch of people and got together and then uh and that actually happening really spoke a lot to me about God's love for me and his oh, wow. protection over me. Yeah. It meant so much that God would step in and say something like that. Um, even though at that point I knew he was my husband, um, it just meant a lot that God was like, hey, it's not time yet. Like, chill. And so, yeah. that's. And this was all in 2011? This is still 2011? No, it's now 2012 okay. at that point. Okay. Yeah, this was like January? Or so February? a couple of months. Uh, yeah, a couple of months then after the call, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And meanwhile, like, I, at least on my end, I was having so much perfect stuff. Because one of the things that I think is really important to point out is, like, we were both, there's a lot of young Christians that are, like, desperate to be married. And they feel like that's, like, the next step in their destiny. Whereas like we were on the opposite and we were, we both were very like, we wanted to get married, especially me. I really wanted to be married, but I was, he more... was thirsty, <laughs> thirsty. Those, those around, it, around me at that time, I might be able to speak to that, but, uh, but I also had such a high value for who I was called to be that I wouldn't let anything get too far. Yeah, And I always knew, even before I knew God would speak to me, I always knew that the one area he would speak to me in is I would ask, I, I just had this innately in my heart as soon as I got saved, was I would ask God if somebody's my my spouse, and he would say yes or no. Wow. And so yeah. every time I would, I would ask yes or no, but I would do it after I got my heart in it, and they would say no, and then I would, you know, then hurt somebody and hurt myself because I didn't want, and so like there was a lot that I just didn't want to ask. Hmm. Um, and so anyways, um, you know, in this one he had said yes, but we were also like, I was like, okay, is this just me wanting to hear yes? And we were so both so protective of who we are that we didn't want to move forward with something and risk who we're called to be, yeah. uh, just to be in a relationship that we want, Yeah, I think, which was really key. And then that weekend after she went home, um, we had a, she, I think you were like, Hey, can we talk? And we basically had a discussion about, like, we're not going to talk marriage, we're not going to talk future, we're not going to date, like, any of that stuff from this point forward, like, unless God says otherwise. Yeah. And it was, like, all affection, uh, for at least from my end, like, all all the flirty affection and stuff left. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, like, God gave us this time period to just become friends. And um, meanwhile, uh, some... I'll give some quick details to this because we don't need to spend the whole time talking about our story. There's so much more I want to get into on this podcast. But um, I, God was really speaking to me about getting my life together, told me to dress better, told me to save up my money for a ring. Like there were all these, we're start, you know, start working out. Still haven't listened on that one, but um, <laughs> I'm getting there <laughs> one of these days. Um, anyway, so I, I, started, um, I started saving up money. I was so broke though. And I had a little bit of money put away because I was like, I knew God was going to bring my wife. And like every, all people coming out of the woodwork to prophesy over this, um, 
different different points. I I don't know where these fall in the timeline, but I had, I literally had one guy. I was in another town with a guy who barely knew me, and he said he's like, "Hey, I have a word for you." And he pulls up Facebook, pulls up her profile, and says, "Don't tell God that you can't find a wife." And uh, like crazy stuff like that, like where people are having dreams about it. People who don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, we weren't friends. That guy and I were not friends on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, they, they weren't friends on Facebook. Her and I weren't commenting on each other's stuff. No. So there was no like, <laughs> no. there was no, nothing to go off That's of there. So cool. Um, crazy Creepy, stuff, like, but cool. <laughs> yeah, like even my mom. My mom at the time had a a dream about me marrying a girl from out of state, and she had a closet full of clothes. And that was like all she knew from the dream. And I was like, uh. <laughs> but like people were coming out of the woodwork to give me dreams, visions, yeah, words wow. and all that stuff. And I'm like my fighting dad, it. My dad had a dream too. Oh, that's right. That I drove off with a white man to go, <laughs> to go live in another state. <laughs> God preparing his heart. <laughs> yeah. So all this, all this perfect stuff's happening. And then um, I remember I was in Youngstown because I was traveling a lot at that point, just like going different places on little Jesus adventures and stuff. And I remember I something hit and my main account was like in the negative. I didn't have any gas in my car and I had to get from Youngstown to Lansing because it, it was your Bible college graduation. And I really wanted to go and I was so frustrated. I was like at the 20 minute mark to like, if I don't leave in 20 minutes, I'm not going to make it in time. And I had been waiting around longer, like, okay, come on, I need this to hit. 20 minutes out, and God said, he said, that money is there for your wife. And I was like, yeah, it is. And he's like, so use it to go see your wife. And it was, he just gave me that permission. I went, was there for that. Well, we ended up uh, staying up all night at, at your job because she took care of a... Don't give those details. What if they hear it? They find out <laughs> if they're listening to it. What are they gonna do? <laughs> Sue us or something? Um, anyways, well, she she was a caretaker at a house for uh, great. And give more details <laughs> on two five seven three Warner Avenue. Uh, no, um. So, anyways, if I just gave you your address. <laughs> That was prophetic. The Lord says to sow into my ministry. Stop. And a blessing will come. No. Um, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Anyways, so we ended up staying up all night that Mm -hmm. night and talking. We just talked throughout the whole night. And there was a moment I was sick. There were other people who stayed the night there too. It wasn't just like. Yeah, we weren't. It wasn't anything inappropriate. But we were up all night talking. She ends up doing my laundry (laughs) because I, I had been on the road and had no clean clothes. And, um, and I remember the sun rising and she made me tea and I'm like drinking this tea cause I was starting to get sick from traveling too much and not sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking over at her and she was like folding my laundry and I'm drinking tea and the sun's rising. And I just remember like being flooded with love for her for the first time. And I actually had like been fighting it to that point where I was like, I have no, affection towards her at all i have no none of that like she's a Mm. friend and i kept getting all these words about she's my wife and i'm like god i don't even like her like that like she's my friend and it all came flooding Mm. and uh that was not the case for her and so that whole thing was crazy then god told me when we were leaving there um 
that one of the ladies she was taking care of was about to pass away. Mm -hmm. Like, as I'm driving away, God says she's going to die soon. And um, I drive back to Youngstown. I'm in the church, the church lobby of this church we were doing stuff at. And I remember God speaking to me and saying, she's about to call you and she's going to not want to talk to you for a while and it's okay. And I'm like, there's no way. And then she, then you called me and you're like, Hey, I feel like we need to fast and like really pray and just figure out what this relationship is. Wow. And I was like, I know God, you know, God told me, um, so yes. And, but it was like, you didn't want to talk for like a month or 40 days or something crazy. It was for a month. And now I'm like crazy in love with her. And then she does that. And I'm like, oh my gosh. It didn't last that long because the lady ended up dying like God told me would happen. And so I was like ready to, to be there and like comfort her and stuff. Um, What, what was, if you don't mind, um, what was going on in like Milko's world? Like at that point, like what, what like prompted that for you? Uh, well, yeah. So the reason why I said that to him is because in the past I had, you know, been in relationships where I went a lot with what I believed was right. And this time I was very, very serious with God. Um, I was really prioritizing him above Mm. everything. And I was so protective over my relationship with him. And like Ryan said, I was, we both were very protective over our destinies and our calls. But like for me, I was willing to fight and do whatever I had to do. And if God, you know, was to tell me like, cut Ryan off. Yes, it would have been hard, but I... I wanted to do it out of obedience to God and out of, you know, just honoring my relationship with God above everything. Um, but but the main reason at that time I decided to fast just during those 30 days. Like that's, the, I said to him, I was like, hey, I don't want to talk for the next 30 days. I really need to clear my mind and just hear God. Like I just want, for me, it was like, I just want his heart. Like I just want to know what he is speaking And I didn't go into all these details with him. I just kind of told him I don't really want to talk anymore um, for a bit. And it was a lot because when I did see him, we were talking a lot and we were seeing each other and in groups. It was never one on one. It was always in groups. And um, I really started to I started to like him, but I also started to like the group that he was with. And you know how sometimes you start to like someone because of what's what comes with them sure and (laughs) all my money (laughs) (laughs) right um (laughs) because of what comes with them you know and you think in your head like they're so amazing and all this stuff but a lot of times it could be the whole the rest of the package and so for me it was like okay i really need to know god like do i like him is it really him or is it everything else that just seems so fun and exciting and all this stuff? Um, and so I wanted to be in it for the right intentions because I knew that he was my husband. Like God had told me that. Um, but I, I was I was just in this place where I was like, I want to seek, seek purity above everything. Like I want my heart to be pure. I want our relationship to be pure. And I knew that my feelings for him were increasing. I wasn't in love with him, but I knew that I 
was starting to just like him more. So that's the reason why I told him, I don't want to talk. I want to just seek God. Um, right before I met Ryan, I was um, talking to this other guy who I thought was my husband. And we were in this place where we were almost going to start dating. And I did the same thing because, you know, I said, I was like, hey, let me fast for 30 days, which yeah. he was a new Christian. So he didn't really understand that concept, but he he agreed. And I was like, let me fast for 30 days. I, I just want to pray over this before we jump into it. And and literally like a week after fasting, God was like, that's not your husband. Just cut it off and it, it's done. And I just, I did. It was that quick and that simple and I heard God clearly. And so for me with Ryan, it was the same thing. I just didn't want to jump into something because I was really excited and because he was awesome and I didn't want to rush it. Even though I knew he was my husband, I wanted to take everything at the pace that God had set. Yeah, so, so good. I just put a lot of value in that. Yeah, I think that's really good because, and, and I think it's good to hear like both perspectives because I think that like, you know, in prophetic communities, prophetic cultures, like there's a lot of that, right? Like God told me you're my husband. God told me you're right. my wife. And mm-hmm. I think that the beauty of this is that, yes, to both of you, God spoke to you individually, separately about each other um, and that he was tying you guys together, like mm-hmm. done and done, right? right? But I think what's beautiful about it is that he went out of his way to not only confirm that over and over again, but to protect that. Mm. And that's so beautiful to me because like, I think that like, yeah, like we get into these prophetic communities and like we hear this whim, whimsical word, like, Hey, you're my, you're my wife. And then we like kind of like step out on a ledge, not knowing like where God is in all of it. But it's like, you guys not just heard the voice of the Lord, you guys knew um, the manifest presence that was leading you onward. Hmm. And you were willing, you were willing to let go of the last word for the sake of his presence in front of you. Hmm. That's a good way of putting it. Well, and I want to emphasize too, like we had, there was just so much fear of the Lord on the yeah. fact that we recognize, not in an arrogant way, but like we're we have a kingdom destiny, and we will not sacrifice that to be in a relationship with somebody. Yeah. Um, and so that that fact, I mean, and we did not talk about it. So we we were friends for nine months, and then I asked her to be my girlfriend. Um, I think that's the same point i told you i loved you and you said thank you Um, (laughs) another story (laughs) yeah but uh then we were we we dated for nine months and then that was the point we got married Mm -hmm. um but we didn't tell each other everything until i think it was it was later into us dating and i remember you were like still questioning everything and like not sure if we should continue dating and all this stuff and i i think i just got kind of frustrated it was like listen i'm just gonna share everything with you (laughs) and i just like spilled every prophetic word everything god had spoken to me everything that happened that we we just hadn't talked about any of it because we were so protective Mm -hmm. and i didn't i also didn't want the the whole like hey i've told this girl that i'm 
you know, she's my wife. And then I realized later on that wasn't really God. And then she's in this weird spot. So I didn't, I didn't want that either. Yeah. 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 I also think that, um, I think for me, a big thing with protecting my relationship with God and, and protecting the call in my life has had a lot to do with the fact that I saw a lot of my friends, a good number of them, um, get married and they were very unhappy in their marriages and they changed. They became people that they were not. Um, their relationships with God did not grow. And so for me, that was scary. It was a very scary thing to see that and to see my friends miserable in their marriages or just kind of comfortable, you know, doing everyday routine life. And for me, I I thought to myself, I don't want that. Especially in Latin culture, you know, in in Mexican culture, um, you see that a lot with a woman just kind of like becomes the homemaker and that's all they do with the rest of their lives. And, um, you know, they have children and that's it. And that's really talked bad about too in our culture. Women are looked down upon a lot when that happens. It's like, oh, they had kids, their life is over. And so for me, like, that was also something I had to face later on in my marriage, being afraid to have kids because of that. Um, But at this point, the whole thing about marrying someone who in the beginning could be on fire for God. And then later on, I, we get married and that fire disappears and they're no longer on fire for God. And I'm over here struggling and unhappy because my husband's not on fire for God. Like that was a big fear that I had that I was like, I am not willing to lose my relationship with God because I married this man who, you know, showed me like the perfect representative of what a man a husband is supposed to be but in reality that's not who he is you know and so I wanted to take my time with it too like I wanted to slow it down because I wanted to be a hundred and twenty percent sure and I feel like you know God just really loved me through that process and what's interesting is that after I told him I didn't want to talk anymore. A week later, I had a dream that we were married and we had kids and I saw the kids and it was just really cool because, yeah. you know, I knew it was a God dream. I woke yeah. up really excited and I felt like God was just affirming our relationship. And so um, it was a couple days later that the lady passed away that I was caring for. And it was very, very heartbreaking for me. And um, talking to him and having him there, because of that dream, I felt like I, it was okay for me to just like end the to, fast. Like you, you got the answer to your fast yeah. in, the, yeah. in time. Yeah. And so then, you know, he was there for me during all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So later on, God... God gave you love for me. We get, we were planning our wedding before we had a ring or anything. Yeah. Uh, got married. Things exploded after that in a good way. Like really good. Like ministry stuff took off in a way it hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's much more. I mean, we could get into all the details, but I don't, I don't details, think we necessarily need yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, just to kind of peel it back a little bit, like 
appreciate you sharing, Milka, from your side. Um, and for context, for anybody listening, like I talk to Ryan a lot about spiritual things. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but Milka and I, we like have chit chat here and there, but like we don't ever get this deep. So this is kind of fun. Um, but as I'm hearing you talk, Milka, like, gosh, how much God loves you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like listening to your story and I'm like, God like went out of his way to speak to you specific things long before Ryan. Um, and like, just give you that sense of assurance. And like, I, th- I keep thinking about this is that even before you knew Ryan or you knew anything about the prophetic or you knew anything about the more, so to speak, mm-hmm. he saw the hunger in your heart. Yeah. And he responded. He like, he moved mountains to make this all happen. Like wow. you didn't do anything. You just were hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you think about it, right, like, every everything that you shared up until this point is, like, him literally moving mountains as you're posturing yourself in a place of hunger. Yeah. For just the purity of his presence and who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's so special, that's beautiful, that's, like, I think that's something that um, it speaks to you know, this is kind of a cliche, but like, I'm, I'm obsessed with Mary, right? Like at his feet, like, that's like what I'm obsessed with. Like, I want to be Mary at his feet. So I don't take that as just like a woman thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I think of that in that, in that sense, it's like Mary knew exactly what she had, who she had in front of him, right in front of her. And she responded like every, every day of her life. Um, specifically in that moment. And I, I see that in your story as you're sharing that. It's like you knew like who was before you and you stopped every single step of the way. Yeah. And it's beautiful because he showed up on every single step. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to highlight that. Like, I just think that's, that's amazing, right? Like, like he went out of his way to like bring clarity to Ryan. He went out of his way to bring all these prophetic words to Ryan. He went out of his way to even tell Ryan, Hey, like you're dating her too soon. Like drop it. Gosh, like that's, that's the epitome of the mercy, the love of the father <laughs> for a daughter, you know? Oh, that melts my heart so much. Well, maybe, maybe that's a good way to take this is would, when did you begin to really fall in love with his presence like that? Like, what was it, what was it that drew you in to getting to that place that he really became of highest value? Huh. You're going to make me cry. Um, I can go get tissues. <laughs> you probably should. Uh, I would have to say seeing my dad be on fire for God when I was a little girl. Uh, Especially in Mexico, right? Yes. So my dad, uh, he, you know, I'm a pastor's daughter, and he planted churches um, throughout Mexico. And so we would go to a small town and be there for a little bit and then move on and just after he would plant a church. And so we planted various churches, and 
My dad was a very fiery man. Very fiery. Very much on fire for the Lord. Hungry for the Lord. And seeing that spoke so much to me. Just seeing how much my dad loved the Lord. Um, I remember moving to the U.S. when we were... I was seven years old. And I just... I remember hearing him at night praying. And just being so moved by that um but like I I remember him laying hands on people and people falling out and crying and weeping and you know getting healed and things like that happening when I was a little girl and me looking at that and being like I want that like I want I want to be like that I remember him laying hands on me and I would fall out and because I would experience the power of God and so as a kid yeah as a kid so those are like my first memories um even when i was a teenager though when we first moved to lansing i remember lansing michigan him laying hands on me and stuff um because you know you're when you're a teenager you do stupid stuff and so i would always run to the altar to repent um and so he would lay hands on people and i would fall out under the power of god it was pretty incredible uh, but yeah, that's that's when I first remember seeing before me an example of someone who loved the Lord. Um, my mom was the same way. My mom was different, though. She was, my dad was like really fiery, and my mom was like really like sweet and just like not tamed, but she was very gentle, like in her relationship with the Lord. But in moments where it was needed, the fire would come out of her. That Latina fire, you know, like it was in her. (laughs) It it is in her. Um, So it would just come out of her. Um, But it was mostly my dad that was like the fiery one. But yeah, and so that that is where it all began. Um, I remember being in in college and being around people that weren't very hungry. And I would go home. I would go to my room and I was so hungry for God. And I just remember I would stay up watching YouTube videos on my laptop of Benny Hinn praying for yeah. people. I loved watching him yeah. pray for people, people falling out. And I would always end up on the floor just weeping and begging God to touch me. Begging him like, electrify me. I want to get electrified. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, change me. Um and that was what kept my hunger going. It's funny because like his videos literally kept me going during those times where I felt like I was in a desert. But but yeah, my dad was and my mom, um, they were the ones where it all began. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Can you, there's two stories that I don't know if you're comfortable sharing them or not. I mentioned them to Vince and this is probably the place to have them. Yeah. Um, to have them shared is, uh, I think I think it's really significant that your kids got to see you because there's going to be people listening that have kids or are going to have mm-hmm. kids. Um, that you getting to see your your parents be like that is what gave you a hunger. And I remember you telling the story of your dad being really sick. So this would have been when you were seven, right? Because yeah. you guys were coming to the U.S. Can you share that? Yes. Yeah. So we were coming to the U.S. and we were staying at um, someone's house in Texas. They were hosting us on our way to Michigan. 
And so when we got there, my dad was really sick. He had like something in his like his stomach. He he was just constantly um, complaining about it. And so one night he he was he was telling us. I remember him saying the day after that he really believed that night he was gonna die because um, it was so bad. But basically, he was laying in bed and he was shaking and he was shivering and. I could hear him moaning in, in like agonizing pain. Um, and we were all like, it was my mom, dad, my sister and I, we were all sleeping in the same room and I heard him and I just remember getting up in the middle of the night um, when he finally passed out and I walked over to him and I put my hand on his stomach and I started praying and asking Jesus to heal him. And as I was doing this, I turned around and I saw, um, oh, I turned around and I, I saw Jesus walk in the room and he was, he was dressed in white and he was glowing and he Mm. walked over and he walked over and he put his hand on my dad's stomach and I knew my dad is healed. I knew that. And so I just laid back down and went to sleep. This would um, have been when? Luca? I was seven years old. Seven years old. Yes. Wow. When we were coming to the U.S. And I laid back down and I went to sleep. And the next day when I woke up, my dad was perfectly fine. And he said he was like, God healed me last night. But he had no idea that I had prayed <laughs> that I had prayed for him. I didn't say anything. And you I, still haven't, right? You no, still I still told, haven't told you've got him. To tell him that story. <laughs> so, Dad, here it is. <laughs> Jesus walked in the room, but I'm not going to tell you about it. I I just I wanted. And to... you're what 45, so it's like hey, I'm not long, 45. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Rude. Anyway, um, yeah, I just didn't. It was to me. It was something that I just kind of like. I just expected it. I don't even know how to put words to it except that, that I just expected it. I knew that God was going to heal my dad. And when Jesus walked in the room, I was like, oh, of course he did. You know, it was kind of like that attitude, not prideful, but more like, yeah, confidence. Yeah, Yeah. childlike. childlike, And the next day when he woke up perfectly fine, I was like, of course you're fine. Of course you're healed. You know, yeah. it wasn't anything that shocking to me. And so that's why I never said anything because it was like, yeah, Jesus yeah. just shows up and heals. Like, that's normal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When did the other one, would you want to share the garden? Would you be open to that? Uh, sure. When did that happen? That happened in 2000, 2011 before I met you. So... This was during the time when I was watching a lot of Benny Hinn videos and I was going through that really dry season in my life and I was really hungering for God, calling out for him, laying on my face. Um, one, one night I basically went to heaven and I was sitting under a tree talking to Holy Spirit. I don't... I can't explain what he looks like because he doesn't really look like something, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like someone. Um, He is 
a being um, and he's beautiful and he's powerful, but yet he was so gentle and so mm. inviting and so sweet and loving. Um, and he was talking to me and saying so many things that when I woke up, I didn't remember any of them. Um, but I just remember sitting under that tree and we were talking and then I started to hear myself, like my physical self waking up and I looked at him and I started crying and I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to wake up. I don't want to wake up. And, um, he looked at me and he said, you can come back here anytime. And when he said that, I started to wake up and I remember waking up because I heard myself praying in tongues. Like I was speaking in tongues really loud and that's, I woke up, I heard myself and my face was covered in tears. Um, and it just, it was the realest experience I've ever had with Holy Spirit. Um, that, I mean, I knew like, I've always known he's real, but that was a whole different type of man a whole different type of experience that really changed me and that really changed my relationship with him at that time I was also reading good morning holy spirit by Ben <laughs> Hinn. Um, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm not surprised that something like that was opened up yeah. um, in my life yeah yeah so it that's really cool I didn't realize that was in 2011 but that speaks a lot to Vince what you were saying about that being such a high priority, yeah. Um, just his presence over everything else, and it makes yeah. sense because you were in a you went from a dry season and you started hungering. Yes. And I, I think everyone I know that has a hunger for God, a deep hunger for God, and especially wants like the anointing to rest on their life in a profound way, they want to see God's glory. Almost every single one I've talked to has had a season where all they did was watch Benny Hinn videos on YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> and that that was all that like. Cause Thanks, they, Benny. Yeah, because they couldn't find it anywhere else. So they were, yeah. And that was like the realest thing they could find to get themselves around was a YouTube video from Benny Hinn. Um, mm. It's just really incredible. Uh, people can say what they want about him, but there's something Holy Spirit is on his stuff so much that it's, I mean, I, Vince, you've done that too, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I still do that, man. Let's, <laughs> let's be real. There, there's three of us from three different places. And we all have done it. And it's like how many thousands of people or millions of people have done that and had a hunger for Holy Spirit stirred in them because of Benny's ministry. I just think that's worth pointing pointing out and honoring for a second. But Yes, definitely. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Man. I can feel God. Yeah, wow, 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 wow. Um, Man, there's so much... Thanks for sharing that last one. Hmm. Um, that's just... That is one of the most beautiful encounters I've ever heard. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like I've heard a lot of encounters, right? And I didn't... This is my first time hearing that one. Um but I'm, I'm kind of in awe right now at how beautiful um, that moment was and is. Yeah. It's, uh, 
because I think that like speaks to man. Um, you know, uh, years ago, uh, Francis Chan put that, um, that, that book out there, um, the forgotten God, right. Yeah. All about Holy spirit. And to hear an encounter like that, it's like, yeah, mm. like that's who he is. That's how personable he is. Yeah. That's how sweet he is. So gentle he is. That's how tangible he is. And he's always there waiting for us. Um, I just think that's one of the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful encounters I've ever heard with Holy Spirit, specifically. So I really just honor that. Um, and just really appreciate that because that's extremely valuable, I think, mm-hmm. in, in the King's Courts. Yeah, when when I woke up, his presence was very tangible in the room. It was very tangible. Um, I was praying out loud in tongues, and I just remember when I woke up realizing what had happened, and my first question was, why me? Mm, (laughs) You know, like, what did I do? to deserve that like that was my first question and even you know years later I would think back to that time and I was like what was I doing that got me to that place you know to to get to have such an encounter because I've had other things happen but nothing like that and so I mean I've been going after that for a while Ryan knows um because I I want to experience that again um but I just I remember asking myself like wow like you found me worthy of taking me there um and it's interesting because I don't really remember what everything around me looked like I just remember the tree and being under it with him and what that looked like and it was like everything else was so hazy and I couldn't I I can't remember it um but it's it's really amazing because you know when I came out of that that was the first question in my heart because I, I just I felt so much gratitude in my heart and and that gratitude became this question of why me why did you decide to take me there but. Yeah, I want to. I just want to say this: like, no one deserves an encounter with God, mm-hmm. but Jesus paid for access to Holy Spirit like yeah. that. And hunger positions us to to receive the access that Jesus paid for to Holy Spirit. So it's just like mm-hmm. in those seasons when we just as simple as putting on a Benny Hinn video or just saying, "God, I just want more of you." It just it it positions us in a way that Holy Spirit can come and visit us the way that Jesus intended um, and paid for. Yes. So it's not really in our own merit. It's literally just in getting ourselves out of the way and just saying, "God, I just need you." Something so beautiful about it. I know. I know people tend to try to use hunger as a way to convince God Mm -hmm. of something, and it's not really that. It's it's you're just you're you're submitting yourself under Him uh, in a way that He can 
the Holy Spirit can fulfill the mandate that's on him that was bought by the blood of Jesus and and was sent by the Father. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel like that's a wrap. We can just end there, man. <laughs> so like, I, I can sit in that forever. Like, <laughs> I can sit in that forever. Um, I guess, Milka, um, would you do one thing with that? Um, so to anybody that is, like, hearing this mm-hmm. and just, like, I want that. Um, you know, there's a level of purity that you've exemplified, um, obviously, before that encounter. Um, and, you've, you, you know, you've articulated it in different moments on this conversation. There's definitely a, like an innate purity um, for his presence, uh, for mm-hmm. reverence for him, honor for him. Um, and I think that I think there's a measure of that that like he trusts you with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love maybe just for you to like speak to like a, let's say, let's say a 26-year-old, yeah. right? A 26-year-old just got out of school, um, you know, saw saw a bunch of stuff like on YouTube, like saw all the Todd White videos, all this kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, has had his or her own experiences with God, um, but now is listening to this and is like, oh man, like those all, all those things were really cool and everything, but that's what I want, that intimacy, that I want that. Mm-hmm. Like speak to them if you can. Yeah. Just the first thing that comes out, like bubbles up. Yeah, I would say to that, there is no formula. It is only ministering to Jesus. That's really all it comes down to. Um, and ministering to Jesus is, it's very, it's simple. You know, um, we complicate it and I've realized every time I complicate ministering to him, I'm not ministering to him. But when I just get before him and I just worship him, I worship who he is and I worship him for what he's done and just for who I am, but more for who he is to me, that changes everything and and he is drawn to that. Like he is drawn to, to true worship. I think a lot of a lot of times, you know, when we're hungry, um, and I learned this in the past, you know, being so hungry, but just like I wanted, I wanted to be able to have more encounters and and you know see people healed and saved and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, like when I would, you know, go back home, I would always desire, like, just more deeper intimacy with him. And I think that in the last few seasons of my life, the biggest thing I've learned is, listen, just get before him. Like, go get alone in a room, sit at his feet and worship. Just worship him. Worship until he walks into the room. And you know, there's this book called Glory by Ruth Ward Heflin. And 
I love that book. Um, she talks about praising him until he comes. And when he comes, you just sit there. <laughs> you just sit there and you just take it in and you just let him speak and you just let him love on you. And that book changed my life. Um, that book taught me a lot on on worshiping and, and praising him and, and dancing before him and just having intimacy with Jesus. And so, yeah, I would, I would say that don't, don't complicate it. Just, it's simple. Just get before him, make the time. Because the thing is, people are willing to listen to a podcast. They're willing to, um, you know, go to a conference and do all this stuff to get some kind of encounter. But a lot of times we are not willing to get into the secret place and just worship God um, because of the fact that that's not, it, it hasn't become a normal thing in our everyday lives. So it's uncomfortable at first. At first it's like, what am I doing? Is he even listening to me? Is, is he even here? Um, but you have to get past that until you get into that flow. And once you get into the flow of his presence, everything else just kind of fades away and all you want to do is stay there. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would say that. Don't overcomplicate it and just minister to him. <laughs> That's it. He's just so worth it. And, you know, reading the word teaches you so much about who he is. Um, I've heard people say, I don't know what to say to him. I don't know how to worship him. I don't, I don't know, like, what kind of things to pray out. And it's like, you don't have to come up with stuff. If you just read about him in the word, you'll know who he is and just say that back to him. Like, this is who you are. Like, wow. this is who you're telling me that you are. So I'm going to tell you that this is who you are. And he responds to that because you are speaking out who he is. You're speaking his language. So he will respond to it. Um, but when you humble yourself, like, man, he loves that. He loves a humble heart. So, yeah, that's basically it. Would you mind, would you mind praying? Like just releasing that? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Hey, Jesus. Jesus, our beautiful friend. Our beautiful friend. Just ask you for the people that are listening to this podcast right now. I ask you to meet them where they're at. I ask you for encounters that change their lives forever, that mark them. Holy Spirit, I ask you to wrap yourself around them. I ask you to bring a deeper revelation of Jesus when they open the word. That when they go seeking in the word, that they will find Jesus. Yeah. Fill the hungry. Fill the hungry. Fill the hungry. Give them more, Lord. Make this so real to them and show them how simple it is to just get, get themselves on the ground before you like Mary, pour themselves out to you. 
teach them how to do that. Just like you've taught me, teach them. Teach them how to do that. Teach them how they can stop in the middle of the day and for five minutes just worship you and love you and that will usher you in the room. Teach them, Lord. We love you. Yeah. Love to hear stories, too. <laughs> like, if if anyone, uh, yeah, would love to hear what, what comes out of this for anyone yeah. listening. Um, so we have a lot of questions, I know. Um, yeah, we can we can do that. We can do it as like a rapid fire even and just see where that takes us. Yeah, I, I wanted to uh, just kind of touch on this thing. Um, it's a question that I brought up earlier, but because um, we had a lot of questions around like, ministry and marriage and motherhood come in mm-hmm. right ryan yeah yeah so i think that like just based on like where we've come in this conversation i would love to hear um what does hunger look like to you today hmm. um like how does it how does it manifest how does it um how do you operate within that same hunger because I believe it's there, right? But it look yeah. it might look a little bit differently than it did, mm-hmm. you know, ten years ago. Um, right. You have two kids. Yes. You have a husband now. Um, you know. <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> the husband came first, then the kids. Just uh, for any <laughs> just for clarity, <laughs> you know. And um, you guys are living the life, and you know, a good life, a rich life. Um, but like yeah just would you just like be open like hey what is what does hunger look like for you today what do those moments look like you know you you mentioned the, you alluded to the 5 minute thing yeah but like what does that look like yeah definitely looks different now um because it's it's actually something that i'm still learning you know i've only had children for 2 years and I learned a lot with Sophia and then Aiden came into the picture and kind of threw off (laughs) what I had learned and had established. And so then it's like, oh, I got to learn this all over again uh, in a different way. Um, But yeah, so I mean, before I was married, it was just kind of like, just go for it, you know, anytime, whatever. Time was all mine. Um, But that's the thing that when you get married, your attention really is pulled in a different direction and so that was another thing with marriage like just knowing that my time wasn't just my time anymore Um, it was also going to belong to someone else Um, but that was it was great having someone who was also on fire for God because we both understood each other in that sense of hey I need to go spend time with God all right cool go for it Um, so that was really easy and and really great um and has been once I you know start like once we had children it changed in the sense that you know children pull a lot on you and so um babe you're just shaking your head yes (laughs) you guys do have a very active (laughs) two-year-old very very 
wild <laughs> full of energy very joyful it's great um, <laughs> so you know children pull a lot on you and then especially with Aiden he just turned three months and so he's kind of in that stage where he like needs me a lot um, and hunger looks different in the sense that a lot was challenged in me and what's interesting is that when I had Sophia I realized how much I didn't know about Jesus that I thought I knew and her being in my life pushed me to this next level of hey um I need to be hungrier I need to be ministering to Jesus more now that I have a child who's looking at me every single day of her life she's watching what I do she's watching you know listening to what I'm saying she's picking up my habits I need to exemplify what a woman of God looks like and so that has been an everyday challenge like not in a bad way but like it's it's challenged me to just step it up and just, you know, go after God more and make that time. Um, and with Aiden, obviously, it's the same thing. But there's this song, and I tell Ryan, every time I hear it, I just want to cry. It's um, by Stephanie Gretzinger. It's called No One Ever, um, no one ever Cared for Me Like Jesus. Mm, and yeah. so... That song is my song. You know, every time I hear I'm like, this is me. But there are these lines where she says, um, let my children tell their, their children, let this be their memory, that um, all my treasure was in heaven and you were everything to me. And whenever I heard those lines for the first time, I wept like a baby because I was like, that's what I want. I want my children to remember me as like my mom was so in love with Jesus like my mom would put everything down to go lay at his feet and to go worship him and love him mm -hmm. and I want them to remember me that way and to talk like that to their children about me to me that is that's winning in life that's wealth you know yeah for my children to remember me that way. Um, and that song talks about that, that when my days are numbered on the earth, let it be known that you alone um, where, were uh, where my joy was found. And like, that's what I want them. My kids will, will know my mom found her joy in Jesus every day, no matter how hard it got. Because motherhood is not easy, you know? Like, there are a lot of days that are hard. Um, it's physically mentally spiritually you know like draining emotionally. yeah emotionally draining on you um it you know if, if you think getting married and like your spouse challenges everything in you just wait till you have kids <laughs> it's it's wonderful but everything gets challenged in you in good ways but also like the tough things come out that you have to work through um and so that's it's been you know, like quite a season with that, just learning all of that, but also hanging on to Jesus and being like, listen, like I can't do this without you and I don't want to do it without you. Um, but I also just like, 
I want to continue to keep that special thing that you and I have always had. And so one of the things that I've always done is we both have is um, just had Sophia join us in worship. Like whenever we're worshiping, you know, we we bring her in. And I realized with Aiden when he was born, I was so much in this place of I want to spend time alone that I want to worship by myself. And it's funny because I was talking to Alyssa, your wife, and she she was like, well, why don't you just bring the kids into worship with you? Like when you spend time alone and you're worshiping, you know, let that just be a part of life. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I used to do that. What happened? Um, and it's because I got into this place of like, I just need time by myself. <laughs> I have people on me all the time. Um, Which is the demands of like a, a mom. Right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But um but I share that because today, it just happened, like, today was one of those examples where, you know, I was trying to start dinner or whatever, and we had worship music playing, and Sophia came up to me and said, Mama, come worship. And so I heard the song that was playing, and um, I, I, I don't know what it's called. It's like, your name is like honey on my lips. Yeah, I don't know the name of the song. Okay. And it's like, Jesus, I love you. So anyway, that song was playing. So I walked over and we sat down on the floor and just worshiped together. And I felt the presence of God just rock me. And I was like, man, I am so thankful my daughter feels the freedom to just like invite us into worship like that. And that that to her is something normal. That that to her is like, Oh yeah, come and worship together. Come and join me over here. Um, and at one point, I was crying, and she came back with tissue and was like trying to wipe my nose. <laughs> did I'm, you tell her to get it? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh. I just told her to bring it to me and put it in my hand, and she was like trying to wipe my nose. I was like, I'm. She's I'm such a, a helper. <laughs> yeah. Because she came and got me. It was like, Mama has mocos. <laughs> <laughs> she needs a tissue. And I'm like, okay, I'll get her one. Oh my gosh, she's funny. Um, but anyway, that just that moment really touched my heart today. And I, I mean, we've had many moments like that with her where she just like invites us into worship. And that to me has been, you know, like the fruit of us inviting her into our everyday worship. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think a good way to say this too is like if you're in any kind of church leadership we actually learned this from david hogan he said this to us uh in mexico he said uh it's kind of the opposite of what i had always been told which was like you're always told like oh you only worship for jesus like you don't worship to be seen and he actually told us the opposite he's like you have oh, yeah. to worship so that they can see you and they learn how to pull on heaven mm-hmm. and so he's always like if you ever watched david hogan he's always down in front no matter where he's at, no matter what hooting people group and it is. Yeah, hooting and hollering, going <laughs> after God. And he's like, you know, if no one else worships, I'm going to worship. And I actually, I remember watching, like, there were like 200, 300, um, you know, Mexicans there in the mountains. And you just, yeah, I mean, they, they literally had a whole worship team do a whole set for almost an hour. And then you, you I thought it was over. And then another worship team came up <laughs> and they just kept going. Uh, but I got to watch as people started to catch it 
and like mm-hmm. you could see it throughout the crowd where people would start to catch it and get touched by God. And so I just like that's part of leadership is like your secret place is no longer your own. Right. It's like God actually heaven says, okay, your secret place with me is so special. I'm going to allow it to be seen publicly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of leaders get in a dangerous place is they don't actually have a secret place. Um, so they have to make, you know, either make it look like they have one or that gets exposed as they don't have one. Well, it's the same way I think with being a parent uh, is, yes. is kind of what you're saying. You, your secret place is no longer your own. It's like you actually have to mm. open the door of your secret place, allow your kids to see it because it's going to shape them for the rest of their life on how they pursue God. And I've, I've definitely seen that because like how specifically you've done a really good job worshiping and allowing her to be a part of it. And I'll watch how she worships and she'll do the same things that she knows that we do. Um, <laughs> And, and she'll worship in similar ways. And you still, like, even down to, like, there's been those times, like, I'll never forget the one time, I can't remember how old she was, but we were driving to the airport, I think. You were dropping me off oh, for yeah. a trip. Mm-hmm. And I looked back, and she was almost in tears. Like, she couldn't even talk at that point, I don't think. Mm-mm. And she was almost in tears to this Stephanie song. Yeah. I don't remember what song it might have been, that song. But she was almost in tears with her eyes closed, worshiping God in the back. And it's like, it was like I was looking at her mama, you know, and it's like that being there. Mm. Um, one thing I'll say, though, is that I feel like you've done a really good job. And I think um, if I can highlight something uh, to what hunger looks like, I, I think you've done a good job hungering for God's voice in every moment with them because you've always um, navigated parenting even with Holy Spirit, even to the point that if you do something that, uh, Holy Spirit's like, hey, that was wrong. You go and repent and like repent to them and fix it, both of them, um, hmm. even though they may not even understand it. And I think that is an element of like part of being hungry is you're you're even open to the correction of the Lord or God speaking in the, those little ways. It's like, I just want to hear your voice in everything, even if I'm wrong. Like, I just want to hear your voice. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's so real. And I think that, like, yeah, just like with parenthood in general, I think that we don't, um, I think we we default to, like, oh, they're just being a kid or, right. you know what I mean? Like, or they're just mimicking. But, like, I think to that effect, it's like the more they mimic, eventually it's going to be real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, they, if they, like, see you going after God in this way, like, I can't think of a God that is not faithful and just and true to not show up in their life. Yeah. Right? That's not the father. Right. I mean, that, that literally is the rabbinical way of yeah. raising up a child yes. or raising up a disciple is the, the, I mean, to the, if anybody listening, like look into this, this is actually pretty fascinating, but they would mimic their rabbi to the T like to the point that they would even go urinate together and mimic the way that their rabbi would urinate or you know whatever like mm. everything wow. um and so it was it was I'm going to I'm going to mirror my life after yours as your disciple and like that's what we're called to with Jesus obviously um is to walk as he walked and do what he did 
Um, but it's the same, it's the same way with our kids. Like if they're doing those things, if they are worshiping and they're watching us engage our hearts and they're mimicking that, there's going to be times that they're kids and they're laughing and they're not really getting it, but there's going to be those other times when they actually engage and their heart starts to align with what's happening in the room and they're going to be in it. And we've seen that. We've seen her. Yes. I mean, she's two years old and Vince, your daughter too. Like Gloria's the same way. Like there's moments they're in it. And there's moments they're not, and they're just being kids, and that's fine. But, like, those moments they're in it are so amazing. And you see, you're like, wow, this wouldn't have happened. Actually, even speaking to this, like, Sophia recently had her, she had, she woke up and was telling her, telling us about an encounter she had where Jesus came into her room and, and prayed for her when she was oh, sick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, oh, wow. and I just think that's back, true. I just think, like, I hadn't really connected it, but, like, mm you experienced that where Jesus, you prayed, Jesus came in, laid hands on your dad. Mm-hmm. So we, we prayed with her that night. And then that night she, she said to me, she said, Jesus is in my room. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus is everywhere. Like, you know, like, <laughs> cool. <really> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like awesome. Okay. Well, if you can't sleep, just talk to Jesus. I'm sure he'll love to talk to you. Like we always encourage her to hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the next morning she got up like, really different like not she had been crazy like really sick Mm -hmm. um and she was different the next day and she says that jesus came in a room and prayed for her and we're like what do you mean and then she like showed us like laid her hands on her head and and prayed (laughs) and she's like that's what jesus did and it's just like you can't it's not that we like literally showed her jesus walking in the room but the hunger is contagious and the hunger like an overflow yeah yeah it's it's the it's the 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 oil and going down the beard of Aaron it's like if Mm. as as they're covering as parents like if we actually have a real secret place expose them to that disciple that and disciple them in that not just by preaching at them but inviting them in even though we want the time alone right like even though it'd actually be easier to engage with God fully if they weren't sitting on our lap you know (laughs) tugging at our, our hair or something you know but like bringing them in it, it it brings them to those encounters and then those encounters are real yes yeah i also think that this is where heaven's peace plays a really big role um you know when you would rather be alone and do things by yourself because there's so much like there's that silence and you know peace and you're by yourself but when you bring them and you open them up to also experience the things that you have experienced in your secret place um but i've had times where i've just had to pray you know while i'm doing dishes and there's so much going on around me from you know I have the TV on for her to get her distracted so she'll focus on that. I have Aiden crying because he wants me to feed him. And then I have Sophia running around and going into the kitchen, pulling the dishwasher door open and taking stuff out as I'm trying to put it in. And, you know, like all kinds of stuff happening at the same time. And sometimes it feels really overwhelming because I feel super like overstimulated. But then in those moments... I just call in the peace of heaven and I'm like, I need your peace because his peace just, it, it, you know, surpasses our understanding. And so that means that no matter how much chaos is going on around you, you can be at peace 
And you can be in such deep peace that it puts you in a place of, how do I have peace when all this is happening around me? And that's happened multiple times where I've literally been walking around with Aiden screaming in my ear and Sophia, mama, 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 mama. Um, and I'm at peace. And I'm just like, hey, baby, one second, please. And then, okay, Aiden, let's calm you down. You know, and it's all of that comes from me learning that before we had kids. Do you remember me going after peace for a while? Um, and it was because I realized that God's tangible peace is so real. Like that is actually available to us. You can feel his tangible peace rest on your body and you can be in a place of complete peace when things are going crazy all around you. Um, and that that goes beyond just children. You know, it, it also goes like if you're in a neighborhood where there's just a, like a lot of weird things happening around, like you can still be at peace. Um, you know, no matter what, you're at your job, it doesn't matter you can be at peace. And so um, I share all of that because that's been such a key piece in parenting and um, and in keeping my heart in a good place when things feel really, really out of control. Um, just pulling on heaven's peace and then also pulling on heaven's joy. And the other thing is wisdom, just on wisdom, how to do things well how to bring kingdom into um the way i mother my children because that's the biggest prayer for me the biggest prayer has been that you know i i do things with wisdom in in a way that my kids will see that their mother is a kingdom mother because if a kingdom woman is raising them, then they will become kingdom children. So that's just, that's just what will happen. So that's my prayer all the time. Like I need your wisdom. I need your peace and I need your joy. Um, but yeah, that's what has made it easier on me. It's kind of, that's kind of speaks to one of the, the questions. One of the questions was, what does it mean to lead yourself before leading others? And I think I think you just really spoke to that. It's it's recognizing and just being hungry for the kingdom in mm-hmm. all things, even before you're in in the position to need it. Um, which I know we've talked about a lot is just um, it's it, the time to go after a miracle or miracle mm-hmm. power yes. is not when you need a miracle. <laughs> you know, like the time to go after healing is not when somebody you love is in a desperate situation. Like God will still show up with grace there, but like man, these are things available. Go after it in your life and and grab a hold of yes. the God of healing. Grab a hold of the God that raises the dead before you have to raise somebody from the dead. Um, go after the God of peace. And like, for those who don't know, she had a season of just going after the weighty peace of heaven. And mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like that's still one of the things that I've seen consistently. Like when you pray over people, it actually happens is like a true... Uh, kabod like weighty peace of god Mm. like the true shalom comes over people when you pray and that was like a whole season of just going after that and i remember even talking about celebrities that were on our heart and stuff and like what if what if you could just lay hands on them and pray that Mm -hmm. because they need it like they need that kind of peace like everyone in the world is longing for a true peace um, that passes human understanding 
And so you've gone after that, and now you're getting to employ that <laughs> when the house is in chaos. And it's like, okay, if there's ever a time I needed peace, it's right now. But I've already contended for this. I've already gone after heaven to, to you know, grab a hold of this. I think that's really beautiful. And I do have to add, I, I'm not always perfect at it. I mean, there are days where I'm very <laughs> overwhelmed. I'm a human. If you weren't going to call yourself perfect. out, I would have called it out. So. <laughs> Hey, we ain't, we ain't perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vince, did you have anywhere you want to take this from here? Yeah, no, I mean, that's great. We can, we can hop into some questions. Um, I think that was, that was the big thing that I wanted to um, just kind of uncover because like, mm-hmm. you know, coming from that level of encounter, like, so I've had similar encounters, not obviously that same one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my life, having glory, um, you know, I've had to learn, like, what does that hunger look like? What does that expectation look like? Right. What does that um, presence-centered life look like with a kid that's really smart and, mm-hmm. like, really talkative, like, all the time? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, what do you do? Like, I'm, like, over here, like, hey, Jesus, and she's, like, Daddy, daddy, (laughs) you know what I mean? And it's like, you realize like, oh, you know what? Parenting my kid in this moment is just as much uh, of a kingdom impact. Yeah. As me spending, you know, two hours on the floor with my, my scriptures opened. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like the way that I intentionally host his presence on me to parent glory in that moment Mm -hmm is just as impactful. Yes. Mm-hmm. If not more, I would say, because there's extensive scripture about kids being like arrows, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. And it's legacy, it's generational, it's something that follows you, it's a household blessing. So I think about that a lot. That's why I wanted to get to that. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's what Bill is, Bill Johnson's talked about for years now it's like it's not you know it's not first first god then my mm-hmm. then my family then ministry it's like no it's seek first the kingdom <laughs> and his righteousness and all these things will be added it's like it's all it's all holy unto the lord it's all jesus isn't he wants to be in all of it with us and we always compartmentalize our lives but it's like it's really not right and i, I think that that's where parents parents struggle from what i've seen and even my own experience is like typically it's like oh well, i'm parenting right now oh well now i'm gonna go spend time mm. with god and it's like no god is in this with me and he actually has a lot to say and and i can encounter him just as much as in in this maybe in different ways but i can encounter him just as much he can be just as present in this as me in the other room on my face or something yeah and one thing i've really learned is that now that you know i have kids it's well not just now that i have kids but because i have kids it's more crucial that i spend time in the secret place because the greatest gift i can give my children is a godly mother you know um a woman like i said who loves jesus who's on fire for god and that when I mother out of that place, I mother out of a pure place. 
and I give that to them. I pour that into them. And when I don't spend time with Jesus, I'm not fun to be around. You know, like, I, I'm not Amen. fun. <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, and when I mother out of a place where I've spent even like five minutes with Jesus, like, it makes the biggest difference. Um, but I think that is key to prioritize your time with the Lord and not put it on the back burner because sometimes we can get so overwhelmed with all the tasks and all the, you know, things that have to get done around the house and the kids and all that. And we put, you know, God in the back burner and we're like, ah, at the end of the day. And it's like, by the end of the day, you've, you know, gone off on this person and that person and yelled at your kids and all that. And then Jesus comes in at the end and you don't even really have energy to talk to him anymore so you're like oh tomorrow and it's the same thing like it becomes a cycle and so it's really important to put so much priority on him and his presence because all you need is a little bit of oil sometimes to get you through (laughs) sometimes it's all you need but if you're running on empty oh i mean we know babe you know a car running on empty with no oil it'll break down any minute (laughs) a little oil just a little bit of course you want more than a little bit but you know what i'm saying well unfortunately we we do have to stop there for this episode be on the lookout for the next episode uh, episode 27 part two of our conversation with my wife milka rhodes and uh i i've got to say the second half especially towards the end. Oh my gosh, the way God is on it. And uh, I believe it's really going to touch your life and stir up new hunger uh, to know Holy Spirit, uh, to, to befriend him uh, in, in every part of your life. Please go ahead and share this with your friends, share this on your social media. And uh, if this has impacted you, uh, would you please consider giving a one-time or monthly gift? You can go to firemovement.com support. There you can choose one-time or monthly, type in the amount. It's very simple. Um, but the, your support helps us to grow this podcast, um, to grow the quality, to grow the audience, um, and also do some other uh, things that we have planned for down the road. So uh, please pray about doing that. And uh, as for today, this has been the FIRE Podcast.